Well, hey there, everyone, and welcome back to Game Store Profits. This is episode 46. My name is Luke Navarro. And my name is Mike Perna. My friend, how are you? I have been traveling for a week. I have no idea what you've been up to. I ha- how you been? I have been a little bit of insane. Um, I've been having some very hard conversations with my wife about the fact that I am overscheduled to the hilt. And it's it's gotten okay. to, it's gotten to the point where I, I, I said this on Facebook and a lot of people gave me weird looks because they didn't quite understand where I was coming from. Uh I said it, no. you, you'll you'll appreciate this metaphor. You of all people will appreciate this metaphor. It's really easy to cut the fat off of your existence. The the stuff that you really don't need, you hold on to, but you really don't need it. And it's, you know, at some point, it might sting a little bit, but after a couple, you know, days, weeks, or months, you go, you know what, I'm better off without it. All right. But then sometimes you have to keep cutting, because there's perfectly good, solid meat there that's good for you to eat, but to get to the real top of the line, the sirloin, the best parts, you gotta cut away the good to get to the great. And then turn it into sausage. Well, yeah. Sorry, I may be messing with your analogy, but I see where you're going. And so it's there's a lot of a lot of tough calls that are going to need to be made in the near future, especially with you know I've got a lot of of great stuff on 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 my plate right now with the book that I'm doing with Kevin, uh, which is set to come out late June, early July. Mm, cool. Um. The stuff that we've got going here with Game Store Profits and the stuff that we have planned that we're keeping on the down low. Shh. Keep listening. We're going to, you know, stuff's crazy stuff. Stuff's happening. Crazy stuff, stuff is happens. going on in the background that, you know, we can't even begin to start talking about yet. But with all that stuff going on, um, there, there's some stuff that's going to get cut. So it's a lot of, and, and plus, I'm, I'm, we're, this is going to be a crazy weekend because we're moving this weekend. And I'm performing a wedding on Sunday. So we'll be moving on Saturday. Yeah, just don't misplace the suit, man. Don't misplace the suit. Thankfully, this is one of those weddings that I'm probably not going to need the suit. So I'm very okay Okay. with that. But yeah, so needless to say, my life has been completely wrapped around a busy schedule that is driving me insane. But overall, it's good. So where have you been? What have you been traveling about? Well, you know, it was uh, spring break or whatever it is that we call it these days. And so our family, our family lives about six hours away from here, like the bulk of our family. And so we went down there and spent the week with them. Uh, I actually left on Saturday the 30th. And folks, that was tabletop day. Yeah, it was. This was this was un- unhappiness for me. <laughs> uh, you know, there was so much going on at our game store on that day. And uh, I'm spending the whole day on I-5, bored out of my gourd, I, I driving see, down this road. I can see you just driving down the highway. Your girls are making noise in the back. And in your head, you're just going, I could be playing Battletech now. I, and, you know, <laughs> and so, but the cool thing is, is that we made really good time. That's a good thing. So I got to my uh, in, brother and sister-in-law's house uh, where we were staying. And immediately, I was like, uh, I'll be right back. <laughs> so I just got out, and I just uh, I Google mapped him and like, game store! <laughs> uh, and I found one nearby, and uh, so I went and I hit it, and it was actually a pretty cool little... Uh, it was mostly a comic book store, but they had a lot of toys and a lot of games. And uh, so I picked up the new Star Wars minis game. Nice. I've heard great uh, things. X-Wing. And I spent a good portion of the week teaching my nephew how to play, getting him into tabletop gaming, uh, took him to his first game store, uh, got him interested in Battletech. He spent a good hour looking at minis and trying to decide if he wanted to buy one or not. And uh, so, yeah, that was that was fun. was able to spend uh, some good good time with the nephew trying to get trying to raise up a new generation of gamers if i can i, I will if i will I can, ask if i can i will ask did you pick up either the millennium falcon or the slave one expansion i did not the millennium falcon is huge it's ridiculous <laughs> compared to well, the uh the, i did see it though i haven't seen the slave one I, I, uh, I you know as soon as i said it i think the slave one is still in the works i know it's gonna be a thing 
They've been they've been putting it out there for a while. I don't know if it's actually a thing yet. It's I you know I started playing the game right. We I kind of set it up and I was kind of going back and forth because like so many games, it has the like the idiot mode that you're supposed to play first. Right. But I was gonna play. I was playing with my nephew and I was like, okay, so should I tell him about that and we'll play the simple mode first, or should I just give him the book and say read this tonight and tomorrow we're gonna play. We're going to play this game. Um, because I didn't want him to just be like, wow, this is really stupid. You know? I mean, right. It's like, oh, good. Uh, and so we did go ahead and go into the full the full uh, game. And the game is a little bit like Heroes Clicky. Hero Clicky. Okay. Clicksy. In that, you know, each, each unit uh, kind of has all of its stats built into the base of the unit. And the movements are based on templates and stuff like that. Uh, this game, we played, the, the starter set first off comes with one X-Wing and two TIE Fighters, which I was not happy about. <laughs> okay, I just thought those were the ones in the window. You know, I figured there'd be more, and there are more in the sense that you can play as different characters inside those X-Wings and TIE Fighters. Right. And you can also play just using the base, you don't have to actually use the mini. But, so we sat down and played the game, no... Uh, scenario. No, uh, no scenery. No asteroids. No. No rushing the planets. Death Star. Right. Just an X-wing on one side of the board and two ties on the other side of the board. And I was really nervous that this was not going to be a fun game. But you know what, man? It was really, really fun. Nice. <laughs> uh, they've got like, it's a simple game in terms of tabletop games, but they've they've got it tuned just right so that it's easy to play. But it's not simple, you know. It's it, there's actual tactics and and thought, and be, you have to really be able to visualize. Like, where's my ship going to end up if I make this move? Because you can't measure anything, right? You just have to make the move based on. Well, and, I mean, and, you can look at the template, but you still can't you can't put the template against your ship. You just have to kind of visualize where it was going to go. Yeah, from what I've seen, they they go way beyond just the simple. I'm going to fly left or I'm going to fly right. There's like I'm going to. Go forward, then stop and do a quick turn. There's yep. all sorts of other weird maneuvers that your guys can do, depending on how good your pilot is. And uh, the the system they have with the attack dice and the defense dice um, is really good uh, in terms of there's a lot of canceling out. So like, okay, I got three hits. Oh, but you dodged two of them, you know? Right. And so there's a lot of... Uh, okay, hey, good, I, I got a really good roll. Oh, you got a good roll too. Now, there's very little damage that happens and we play on to the next turn. Uh, so that was cool. Um, and then, like I said, I took him to his first real game store. Like, okay, so we, I wanted to take him to a game store. My brother-in-law told me, oh, hey, there's this new huge game store in the mall. It's like, perfect. So I, when Everybody's off doing stuff. I kind of stick my head into his room, whisper, come on, let's go. So we go to this huge game store at the mall, right? And it's a pretty big place. Nothing. Mm. It's it like might as well have been the, the, the aisle at Toys R Us. Yeah. I've it wasn't been, even good as good as the aisle at Toys R Us. I've been it, I've been to stores like that. You know, and I mean it was basically a chess store, which, hey, don't get me wrong, if you're in a chess, more power to you, but not the same thing. Um, so then I was like, okay, his parents are extremely conservative. I don't care. I'm going to take him to the game store that I grew up at because this is my hometown. And so I took him over there. And uh, at first, you could kind of see it on his face. He was like, whoa, I'm overwhelmed. <laughs> but then ev- eventually, he kind of he settled in and spent a good hour poking around. So that was good. Um so yeah, did that, got back uh, just just this couple of days ago, and uh, getting back to life. Kids are back at school today. You know, today I did, picked up Bioshock Infinite. Oh, I hate you so much. <laughs> you know, Luke, uh, I have to tell you, uh, for those of you listening at home, you know, the normal way we do things is that we, we've shared this with you before. Normally, Luke and I banter back and forth for about 15 to 20 minutes. Just what are we going to talk about? What's the order of the show going to be? And normally we kind of, you know, drop hints as to, oh, at this point I'm going to talk about this, and at this point, at no point 
did my friend and cohort and co-host for the past two years. At no point did he mention that did he... Did I forget to mention you did. that? You did. You did. <laughs> you jerk. All right, I've got that so, out of my system. Ex- I, tell me how awesome it is. Well, okay, I got it today, this morning. So I played about three hours uh, in the interim. And, um, you know, and uh, we did talk a little bit last week about how expensive games were, last episode, about how expensive games were. I wasn't planning on buying this game. But then I kind of looked over at my game cabinet and realized there's a few games in there I don't really want anymore. So I did the whole trade-in thing, got it for basically next to nothing, um, and played for a couple of hours today. Really, I, I'm still in the like very basic, we're still teaching you how to play the mechanics of this game mode mm-hmm. uh, kind of area in the story. Um, and like a lot of story- games is, these days, there's a there's kind of a long period at the beginning of the game of narrative basically you really can't do anything uh, you can't even pull up menus and stuff like that at that point right um and so that's really the 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 bit that i've spent the most time with um so two experiences i, I won't describe them exactly yes, because we, I don't we are wanna, a spoiler free zone um but the uh, the first time no okay so the first experience uh, everybody has heard this at this point. Um, you end up going to a c- city in the sky. Columbia. Yeah. Uh, so, one, there's a lot of details in this game. I mean, a lot of little stuff that you could miss if you were playing fast. Folks, do not play this game fast. Check every nook and cranny. Go to every corner. Look at everything on the walls uh, because it's all really, really interesting and it's all layered with all kinds of meaning. And and already uh, my brain's like moving at a thousand miles an hour trying to figure out, okay, what's all this stuff mean? Well, that that's you a know? Bioshock game to its core. I mean, if that you strip is, away, if you strip away all the other, that's the reason why two was not that great. Because if you strip away all the story and the the atmosphere and the depth of of the setting, it's an average first person shooter. Right. It the, yeah, the greatness fact, the comes from the other are, stuff. Meh. Yeah. So. You, when you arrive, let's just put it this way: the scene where you arrive in Colombia has got to be one of the, at at once, one of the most disturbing and one of the most beautiful things you've ever you've ever seen in a video game. Oh, I want this game. There are so moments bad. when you're walking through the the environment, and you're just like, oh, "Wait a minute, I'm somewhere else." You know, it's it's extraordinary. Um, and then, you know, you're playing through the game, and the first thing I ended up, uh, I picked up was uh, their, their the money in the game. And I I picked up the money, and the the uh, the user interface, the graphics that pop up when you pick up the money, they're the same as they were in Bioshock. Nice. And so all of a sudden you're like, oh, Bioshock, I'm playing Bioshock, this is awesome! <laughs> and, uh, um, so yeah, I'm learning how to use the Vigors, which are essentially the plasmids of this game. Right. And uh, uh, one thing uh, I, is, I read a lot about this, and everybody says play it on hard. I've, I've, yeah, heard, hard. I've heard that a lot, too. It's hard. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm really excited to be playing. We should just finish this podcast right now, so I can continue. <laughs> well, uh, I I will I will say that you know I was looking over all the different because I'm a nerd and I read constantly about this game, even though I don't own it. And one of the things I recently saw was it was it was a dual kind of thing because at one point they showed all the alternate box art that you can download to fit your game. And at first I was I like, what? what do you mean? Like, like, you know how normally when you get a game, there's like that little thing that goes over the plastic box for your game. Yeah, like the insert yeah, thing? Yeah, the insert thing. Okay. Well, if you go on their website, you can download alternate box art. <laughs> no way. 
That's ridiculous. And at, and at first I'm like, why the heck would you have alternate box art? And then I found out, and then I dug a little deeper and I found out that there was more stuff as to why they would have alternate box art. There's actually a bit of a, of a, I won't say it's like a big to do, but it was enough that people have been talking about it. The fact that, and, and you can probably attest to this more than I can, because I've only seen trailers and a couple early playthroughs. It seems like, as far as who drives this story, it seems like everything focuses on the girl that, that you're there to, to basically to bring home, as it were. You know, uh, I've actually... Okay, so I have not yet interacted with the girl You have not yet story. met Elizabeth. Okay. However, I mean, it's very clear that it's all about you're trying to go and get this girl. Actually, it's not clear. Uh, it's very vague and obtuse, but you kind of know what's happening. And uh, one of the things that I've heard a lot about with this game is that they the only mistake that I've really heard about people people not being happy about this game is that they, it's feels like a bait and switch. Okay. So that it really is about. Elizabeth. It, it seems but like from they they don't even tell you that until like kind of a ways into the game, you know, like like right now, had I not known a little bit, and you know me, I hate knowing things, right? But but I mean, it's kind of hard not to. This is a big game. Um, I would never have known. I mean, I would have known that I was going to try to find this girl, but you know, as far as I was could tell, playing the game, she's just a princess in another castle. Oh, you know what she I mean? is. Elizabeth is not a damsel in distress. Right, but they you never know that from this the first couple hours of experience in the game. Elizabeth is basically, from what I've seen of the gameplay trailers and the stuff that's out there, Elizabeth not only is not a damsel in distress, she, pretty much without her, Booker, the character that you play, the player is actually controlling, Booker would not be able to get out of here if it were not for Elizabeth. Right. Like, he'd be up right. a creek. And and that's the thing, like, everything in the story completely revolves around Elizabeth. Like, even in the trailers, one of the coolest things is this thing called the Songbird. And I won't describe the Songbird. If you want to know and you, you, you don't think it's going to be spoilery enough, just go on the internet and type in Bioshock Songbird and you'll see it. This thing looks awesome. Right. But the Songbird... Is 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 all about her, and the storyline is all about her. The reason Booker's even in Columbia is because of her. This story is her story. But when they looked at at trying at testing out different cover art for the game, Elizabeth's not on it. No, you, you'd never know. Elizabeth is not on the cover at all. In fact, she's kind of on the inside, maybe. <laughs> I could go look real quick. <laughs> but one of but but that's the thing, and that that's a lot of people kind of were asking what the heck the deal was with that. And our, well, I mean, it sounds like they basically they chickened out. Basically, they 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 didn't want to sell the game with this woman on the cover. Instead, we're like, oh, and now I I don't want that 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 sounds really awful. And the way I I stated, there's no real way to state that that doesn't make me sound like a terrible person. Mm. But that's right. a lot of what's going on right now. That's a lot of what the geek banter is right now. Is well, the... and it came out the same week, essentially, as Tomb Raider. Yeah, and there's a lot of of, ban of little geek banter right now about the fact of, of, of the place of women in gaming, and not just the you know women who are gaming, but the characters in which you find in games. And there's a, a big kind of push um, just for... Go, standing kind of against the 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 concept of of different tropes that you see in gaming, like we mentioned one, the damsel in distress. The damsel in distress has been a trope of gaming and storytelling since the first fairy tales were ever spoken. And uh, it's there's definitely been a lot of stuff asking about about why we let game companies get away with this stuff. Um, you mentioned Tomb Raider. Tomb Raider. There's a big scene in Tomb Raider where everyone's getting up in arms because we're, we've gotten used to Laura Croft being the Tomb Raider, the the woman who just goes in, kicks butt, has you know both guns blazing, uh, and just jumping over things, flying 
you know, jumping boats over ramps and everything like that. In this one, they made her this very timid, very I don't know what I'm doing kind of character for a good part of the beginning, and including one scene that, from what I've seen in the trailers, it's it's a very suggestive scene about something bad is about ready to happen to Lara. And a lot of people are kind of up in arms with that. And and we were talking beforehand, too, speaking about other very strong female characters that kind of got the brush off with other later later games. Um, Samus Aran. For those of you who might not be... Who, whose geekiness does not necessarily go to old-school Nintendo games. <laughs> those of you who are young. Yes. Samus Aran is the main character of Metroid. Yes. For most of us, now it's been leaked out and there's all sorts of stuff going on and you, it's pretty easy to know this, but when we were kids, you'd, pl- you'd have to play all through Metroid, get all the different things. I forget what, what it took to unlock it. It was a lot. It was literally, you had to, you had to be a completionist before completionist and, was a word. And folks, remember, this is when video games were still hard. Yes, and there there was no save, and there was no. I mean, you had I, to. You, you you could put in the uh, the save. I think Metroid had Metroid the save had a code codes. Yeah, right. But and so you had to get everything. You had to find everything. Your score had to be a certain thing or something. But if you did everything right and the 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 planets aligned, the at the end of the game, Samus takes off her power armor, which. Every every person who ever played this game that ba- way back in the day was like, "Oh my goodness, Salmon's a woman," because it just it's just a picture of her holding the helmet. Her her hair is you know blowing in the breeze as she right. is just standing victorious, having taken out Mother Brain and all the other craziness. That, and and you're just like, "Oh man, that is awesome!" Because because it didn't it wasn't like the reveal wasn't something just like 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 just for shock value or oh my goodness she's a she's a chick da 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 it was basically it samus was the definitive it, i i'm trying hard not to use certain words samus aaron was amazing and it didn't matter that she was a man or a woman or whatever she was just amazing right her character was not wrapped up in her gender. It was just something that was kind of awesome. It was just kind of a neat thing, like, oh, you turned a, you turned it on our heads. Kind of, we weren't expecting that. Uh, so, okay, so we've got a couple of issues here, and and let's just try to um, target what we're talking about. Um, because one of the issues that we might talk about often is is women gaming. Yes. Do women play games? Are games designed in such a way to exclude women? And then the second question is, women in games, as in characters. women characters in the game. And, and obviously those two things are linked, but I do think that they're slightly different things. And so the question is, is okay, so for the most part, in all of video game history, every video game protagonist has been uber awesome. Oh, yeah. Like, you know, total flat character. But, in recent years, the the lead characters in video games have gotten some depth. In the good games, anyway. Yeah. I, I mean, there's, you know, just like with movies or just like with books, there's good stuff, and then there's, you know... Other stuff. Fun stuff. Right. Filler stuff. Right. Um... So the question is, do we want our heroines to be super uber... You're right, it is hard not to use that word. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> uh, super amazing heroine, heroine babes, chicks. Uh, or do we want them... Do we want to start seeing the, the same kind of emotional depth we're getting with the main... the male main characters but from a female perspective. That would be interesting. Especially being that I'm not female. Well, yeah, and that's that's a, a big thing. Like, on, on our Facebook page, I posted an article from the Penny Arcade Report not that long ago. And it was talking about a couple different things. One of them, it did mention the whole uh, Booker on the cover instead of Elizabeth of, of Bioshock Infinite. Mm-hmm. Uh, it also mentioned this other game, which I have been... 
there there are a couple games that are coming up within the next couple generations and and some of it's on PlayStation 4 like there's one game called uh Watch Dogs I want to say that game looks mm-hmm. awesome and that's all about like hacking and different stuff to you know kind of get around different things and you know by hacking through like personal devices and and you know street lights and all that stuff but another one is this one that's kind of flown under the radar. They haven't been promoting it well, and I think that actually plays into what we're about to talk about here today, because it's this, it's a game called Remember Me, and I, okay. I don't know much. I've done a little research on Remember Me after I saw this article, but there's still there's not a lot of info out there unless you go looking for it about this game. Never even heard of it. Yeah, it, you're, you're not alone in that. I, until this article, I, I, until I saw this article, I'd never heard of it either. Uh, remember me, it's, it takes place in the future. It's this cyberpunk scenario. So think, think like, uh, to kind of give a reference, think like Johnny Mnemonic. Do you know that, that movie, if I mention it? Yeah. Where you can literally, like, in, your brain can be attached to a hard drive. Think, think that. Like, everything is hackable. Everybody... Every person, everything, you can literally jump into these things. Snow crashes. Yes, very much so. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I saw a gameplay trailer for this, and this game looks amazing and dark, and the questions it asks, I swear, if this is available for either the Xbox 360 or the PC, I'm buying it at some point, because the questions that this game asks looks like it's going to be amazing. Because at one point in this in this early gameplay trailer that they have you out is the main character is a woman. And because it's a gameplay trailer and so they don't do a whole lot of exposition, I literally just see what's there. I don't know her name. I don't know anything about her. But I know that she is apparently this operative for this agency. And apparently this guy is giving them a hard time. This This, this military guy is giving them a hard time. And he's about to make a speech. So the the people in charge of of this group that she's a part of contacts her and says, we need you to take this guy out. And she's like, I don't want to kill this guy. And and they're like, you don't have to. You have to make sure that he kills himself. And they they call it remixing when you these people can actually go into the minds of other people. Take existing memories and change them. It's called remixing. So you have this this these scenes of of your typical cyberpunk, your typical, you know, sandboxy kind of stuff. Right. She's jumping around, she's climbing up onto pipes and you know, scaling buildings. She's like like li- listening in to find out where this guy is and she finally gets to this guy. And this scene looks amazing. That she kind of climbs up next to his window, and you see this this scene where she. I don't want to go too much into it because it's just this very visual kind of thing. Definitely look up this gameplay trailer. And she hacks into his memory. She hears him talk about the fact that he's trying to get in touch with. I you don't know much about him at this point, so it's either a, his wife or his girlfriend, and you can and. You can tell that he they just had a huge fight, and he thinks that they broke up. So she takes that memory and remixes it. And through the gameplay, not going into too much detail, but through the course of the gameplay, she remixes that memory that she didn't walk out and leave him. He gets angry and kills her. There's a, there's the whole there's a whole thing about there was a handgun on the table and instead of of her just walking out, he literally picks that gun up and shoots her and he honestly believes because his mind has been remixed that he killed the the love of his life. And because he's messed up. I know, right? And then he is so distraught by this that he ends up killing himself. And a second later, uh she walks in with another aid and she's like it's like listen our, the fight it's 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 behind us whatever and then she sees him. And that's the end of the trailer. This game looks amazing. But here's where here's where this game ties into what we've been talking about. The the people who created this game have been fighting with publishers. I'm not talking about, you know, 
kind of having issues. I'm talking fighting with publishers over the fact that their main character is a woman. There have been publishing houses, publishing companies that have been quoted as saying, we can't sell a game with a female main character. It's an interesting question. I mean, look, don't get me wrong. You know, you, you hear that and you immediately say, well, that's just wrong. And you, but- and you cite things like Lara Croft and Samus Aran. But if you look, Lara Croft in this new game, I, I can't speak from personal experience, but from the stuff that's kind of been floating around the internet, they toned her down quite a bit. Uh, Samus Aran, all I have to do, and if you've ever played this game, you know exactly what I'm talking about. All I have to point to is Other M. That, that makes you see that Samus Aran was taken from this warrior of, you know, this very skilled, very powerful warrior who's standing up against the Metroids. And they basically made her a scared little girl who has to look to the, the men above her for protection and just for the ability to do anything, which is ridiculous. Yeah, well, I mean, it's, you know, it's extremes, right? It's it's stereotypes. It's worse than stereotypes. It's, uh, you know, it's bad male fantasy is what it is. It's it's not having characters who happen to be female. It's tropes. Right. And, I mean, these are... If you did that, yeah, I'm guessing it wouldn't sell well. But I don't know what would happen if you gave an actual, well-rounded female lead. I honestly don't know what would happen. I don't know how people would respond to that. Um, you know, and I, I think there's a, a number of arguments on both sides. You know, on the one hand, it is mostly guys who play games. That That's shifting, though. It is shifting. Um, and and there's, I, there, there's an argument to be made, because somebody will, will, will put out statistics, and statistics can be adjusted to do, make them say whatever you want them to. And this will be proof because the question is like there are some game some game companies will be like oh well you know we look at at the fact that who's playing this game and it's there's there's hardly any women like like uh, call the Call of Duty games right. like why would we put in a female character in a Call of Duty game girls don't play Call of Duty and they'll cite all these all these uh, test groups that they have and then you realize something that are they. Are the the women not playing this game because they don't like it, or are basically you telling the women that we don't want you here, and so they don't bother? They don't bother. Because I know for a fact, I know lots of ladies who will destroy me on any first person shooter you put in front of them. Yeah, it's an interesting question. You know, it's the cart and the horse, and well, the- we'll call the women the cart, not the horse. But anyway, um, uh, you know, I don't know. I honestly don't know. Is it the genre of the game? Is it the fact that the games, the the um, the the window dressing, if you will, on the games, the uh, the milieu, often is very kind of vulgar and very uber masculine. Is it the fact that there aren't female characters in games? I honestly don't know. And see, I think that's going to be something that becomes more of an issue, especially because there are people out there that are asking these questions. Uh, the big person right now across the internet, and especially on, on YouTube, uh, is a woman by the name of Anita Sarkeesian. And she actually went on Kickstarter to create a, a mini-series, basically, called uh, Women vs. Tropes. And it's the whole idea of, you know, are are we having female characters, or are we just having you know, insert female stereotype right. here to fit, right. you know, uh, are, are you an actual interesting person who lives in this world who happens to be a woman, or are you the inciting incident? Just random, you know, you have nothing, yeah. no other place but to get the main character to where he needs to be. Right. And, you know, to be fair, the, most of the, main, the male characters in games are the same way. Oh yeah, uh, but but things are changing. Games are becoming more mature, artistic, whatever you want to call that. And so I do think that 
that we're going to start hopefully finding people, finding companies that are willing to take risks like this. Uh, because I think we all want to see what happens. Oh, I'm... You know, and obviously we would love to see... game. I would love to see a game that it has a whole wide variety of characters that, that respond in realistic ways and have real emotions. Um, but, but that's still a little ways down the road. I mean, we're still working on, you know, is this decision a good decision or a bad decision? You know, are we Paragon or Renegade? But things are progressing. Games are becoming more... They're becoming deeper. And, uh, you know, the, I think that the one problem that we that they face is the fact that these things are so expensive to make. Oh, yeah. They're so risky. I mean, how many companies do we see falling every week? It's like there's another Lucasfilm. Uh, LucasArts, LucasArts this is week. done. And, uh, you know, I mean, it, that's fine being that I can't even remember the last time they made a game. But, you know... It's a really high-risk environment, and I can understand why a company would say, yeah, you know, we can't make the moral decision here. We need to just be able to sell some games. Um, but it is, I mean, you know, and I think it's going to take time, and I think it's going to take gamers responding um, and really kind of, you know, I'd say promoting, uh, opening the door for women to play games uh, in video games and also at our game stores, you know? Oh, yeah. I There's definitely a lot of that because, sadly, there's a stereotype not only of, of do you see the stereotypes for the, the female characters and the, and the girl gamers, but the, the response that, the, that these ladies get when they do reveal that, yeah, I play yeah. these games or whatever... Um, we were talking, I, I looked up a couple of uh, Anita Sarkeesian's videos, and she's, she's got a very straightforward way of saying this, and, and some of the stuff, she, she's, you, could, you can definitely tell where she's coming from, and you can take that for what it is, but the, the responses to what she's saying, because anytime you say, you know, guys, you're being a bunch of pigs, you know, kind of dial it back a notch, or you you dare to question the the fact that you know people like like uh, Peach and Zelda are damsels in distress. Everyone goes, "Oh my goodness, I can't believe you're saying this about my beloved characters." And we we can't be about that. <laughs> I, I I will say that I, as far as as. Uh, bringing the ladies into into the gaming world and, and welcoming them and being excited that they're there. I know just the, these amazing ladies who have have really done a lot to expand on on my concept of gaming. And heck, the last the last time I ran a tabletop game, it was a Victoriana game. The vast majority of my players were women, and in that game, gender is a big deal because you're playing in a very Victorian setting. Right. And so then it was a big deal. And so the the ladies were involved, like some of them chose to very to play it up and be the, the, the Victorian woman. And some of them didn't. And the ones that didn't really drove the story in different ways and exciting ways. And the ones who did, um, it, it really the, the the play back and forth between these characters was great. And if those ladies weren't there, I would have had that experience. I would have just had a bunch of guys, you know. Sitting around and you know smoking pipes and saying yes, yes, absolutely. Uh, well, you know, okay, so let's let's just talk about you know as individuals. Mm -hmm. What can we do about this? Okay, so yes, we can promote stuff. Yes, we can you know do this Kickstarter or things like that. But really. You know, it comes down to our behavior. Yes. And we need to make sure that we are checking our behavior. Yes. And, you know, one thing I think that is, is sort of a universal truth in gaming. Okay, Mike, you and I, we're old for gamers. Yeah, we're kind of right on the cusp of old fart, aren't we? That's sad. Yeah, I mean, you know, like... When I look at the gamers around me, and, you know, I tend to play games that skew a little bit older, but for the most part, gamers are young men. 
right? They are still the largest demographic. And for the most part, young men are jerks. I was. As a rule. It's not, I mean, it's just biology. It happens. But eventually we grow up. Eventually we find ourselves a nice lady who whips us into shape. <laughs> and, you know, we have children. And, you know, in my case, I have daughters. And you realize, hey, I, I would really not like my daughters to be objectified in any way. And, you know, so I think it's our generation who have to do most of the work here. You know, I mean, it'd be great to be able to tell all of those, you know, 16, 17, 18, 20-year-old gamers to be, you know, gentlemen. Well, again, I'm going to I'm going to cite those YouTube responses. If you look at the most of them are guys in their late teens, early 20s. Right, exactly. And so, you know, but it, there are gamers like us. Right. And like a lot of the people who listen to this show, who are, we are, you know, we're mature, we're, you know, family guys, we're, we've got lives and careers and all of those things, we just happen to love gaming. And, uh, you know, I think it's those of us who maybe were the first generation of gamers, there's maybe one generation before us of gamers, but uh, who can kind of carry this torch and say, you know what, we love this hobby whether it's tabletop gaming, role-playing, video games, generalized nerdery, whatever. We love this world, and we want people to be involved in it. You know? And so I've mentioned a few times that I've been playing EVE Online lately. Yes. Um, EVE Online is not an easy game to play. Okay? It's slow. It's extraordinarily... Um, unforgiving. But this this community in Eve is it, it is it's this conversation we're having, like to the nth degree. Because there is one set of people in Eve who are like, "Oh, we will help you. We love newbies. Come and we will we will pour ourselves into you to make you a good Eve player." And then there's the other part who's just like, I just want to kill you and be a jerk. <laughs> and Eve is actually, you know, it's set up so that they can do that. Uh, most games try to limit that. Eve does not. Uh, and it's the same thing, you know? Like, I go down to our game store, and there are people there who are so welcoming. And folks, if you've never gone to a game store because you feel like it's weird or whatever, I guarantee you. No, I give you a 93% guarantee <laughs> <laughs> that if you go in there and just like, hey, you know, uh, I, uh, I'm i interested in gaming, um, but I've never done this before, they will, they will bring in people to teach you games. They will, they will give you... Okay, today I was at a game store. Uh, it's actually kind of a comic book store with a little game-ness about it, you know? Uh, because I'm interested in starting to play Magic again. I know. Hold other conversation. But just go with me here. So I asked the guy, like, what does it take to play Magic these days? Because, I mean, these guys have been playing this game for years and years and years. They don't just have decks. They don't just have cards. They've got boxes upon boxes upon attics of cards, right? Yeah, binders broken apart yeah, yeah. by color and power and... <laughs> And he was, you know, so he was kind of talking to me about it. And I was like, okay, well, I'll buy this starter deck and, and all of that, right? I was not spending very much money. Okay? Less than 20 bucks. And he's like, all right, hey, cool. So you're wanting to learn how to play. He just handed me decks. He was like, here, just take these decks. You can learn how to use these as well. He's like, he's given me, like, pamphlets and books about it and stuff. He loves magic. They love magic. They want more people to play Magic. Right. That's awesome. Why can't we all be like that? I, we love this stuff. Come on, come play with us. Uh, you know, if, if we could all live that way, the world would be a way better place. I completely agree. I, you know, I, I will say for a fact that I, 
I, uh, I, I'm a big proponent of, of Scott Kurtz and everything he does online. Uh, he is the guy responsible for the webcomic PvP online. He is Binwin. He is Binwin Bronzebottom of, Ac- Which, of Acquisitions Incorporated. You know, I hope that he puts that on his tombstone. <laughs> <laughs> Scott Kurtz, and not only that, but as, as, a, as a, a man of, of largest, largest nature myself... You know, Scott is is like my hero. I love this dude, and I actually got to meet him when I was in Texas. And he's did you really? Oh you know, yeah, he's just a great, oh, a cool. really great guy. Well, Scott kind of as a side project has created this other web comic called Table Titans, and he's teamed up with a couple of guys. And he basically it's a combination of some side characters that kind of have been spawned off of PvP. As well as as taking in stories from gamers from all over the place, and incorporating their stories into this comic, but that's really cool. Primarily, this this comic is taking shape in the form of this group of people that call themselves the Table Titans, and and their gaming group, and the the most recent, well, not by by the time this episode airs, right, it won't right, be the right, most right. recent, but. Uh, as of right now, the most recent ep- uh, strip had it, it had a moment that literally took it made me take a step back because in this this comic strip I normally go to just for silliness, there right. was a moment that hit me to my core. Um, not to go into too much. This is this guy. This is this guy. It, check out Table Titans. It literally is tabletitans.com. Uh, there's all sorts of character breakdown and what's going on and stuff like that. Um, but one person you need to know, is, and she both appears as Table Titans and in PvP. Um, she's uh, Skull the Troll's girlfriend in PvP. Uh, it's this, this woman named Val. And Val is phenomenal. Val honestly believes that she is a real-life dwarf. Nice. Uh, she she dresses like a dwarf. She has her hair in a very typical dwarven fashion. She honestly believes she's a dwarf. So you understand that that kind of makes her a little socially awkward. I don't know. It's always worked for me. I I, I you know <laughs> I've heard that people would think that that would make you socially awkward. We uh, you know we love dwarves and so we think it's awesome. I, I don't know. People tend to not respond negatively when I growl at them. <laughs> <laughs> but um, the, the short version is that they go to play at this at this store and they pick up this random guy because they they, uh, they say in D&D encounters you need four people. So they pick this random guy who's super excited just to be playing this game. And the not getting too much into detail, one of the characters that, that Val plays with is trying to get them to to not go back. Like, now let's not go back to the store. We'll play, you know, at my apartment, and we'll just play a game in house. And Val Val says, you know, what about this other guy? You know, he was so excited, and we promised him we'd come back. And the guy's like, ah, he's just some dork that showed up to play. And this is the scene that this is the, this is the frame that really got to me, and it, it stuck with me, and it reminded me so much of myself, because you know Scott does an amazing job, and he 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 has her like practically tearing up in that that very angry I can't believe you just said that kind of way, and her response is simply I was just a dork who showed up to play, then you guys made me a titan. And even just nice. even just reading that, I get goosebumps. Like that's it's such a great little uh, su- such a section of this comic strip. Just the idea that he took some some dork who nobody cared about, who who wasn't anything, and made them a part of something. And I don't know. I I as soon as we started talking about this and 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 trying to make gaming. Like that's something that we've had in a sound several episodes. This idea of we need to make gaming and geekery and nerddom less of a you know us and them kind of thing, and really just trying to get people involved. And I don't know, I really resonated with Val here. Like I I could 
practically hear myself saying I was just a dork and then you showed you know and then you guys right. made me a titan. I became something more than I was because you guys let me play with you. Cuz so much of my own history is is wrapped up in that too. I was brought into a game it wasn't we we didn't play like a serious game but I was brought into this role playing scenario with my buddy and his family and that changed everything. And and here's you know that's how we all are there. We're all there because maybe a friend or a or a or maybe just a, a group like you know with D encounters or or just somebody somewhere pulled out a seat at a game table and said have a seat. Right, and I think you know, play with us. And I think it's particularly you know fitting for what we're talking about. That there's this character and and her name's Val and she's a woman and and yeah. there's so many typical stereo well, no, I won't even say typical I'll say stereotypical responses that say she has no place gaming with us, which is obscene, which is stupid, but it happens. We wouldn't be talking about it right now if it didn't happen. Yeah, and well, it's, you know I mean. It- the the crossover to the church is I mean, we barely even have to make this crossover. Oh, there, there's there's you know, so much crossover how, how, here. We <laughs> how many times is there a person or a group of people and we say even if we don't say it because you know we're nice we don't actually say these things but we say it you're not really welcome in this place right and you know I I honestly believe. All of the soul and power and life of nerd Christianity is right there. In the fact that we will take all the weirdos and say, you know what? I'm one of you. You're one of us. Let's sit down together. And I hope that the church has been better at this lately. I think it has been getting better. I think we have been able to to take down some of the walls of race and of gender and of income and all of this but we also know that there are some walls still there there are some people who we kind of are at least not as inviting to well as we might be if if you, if you really strip down the the you know the pretty arguments there's a lot of people who are like oh you know I don't I don't hate these people. I love these people. I want these people in my church. And then then they show up. Right. And it becomes a little bit more real. And there are... I've, thankfully, I've seen some people who make the speeches who say, say, yes, everybody can show up. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter where you've been. It doesn't matter what you think. Show up. If you come here, we will welcome you. And they have. But I've sadly I've seen a lot more of the no I love these people I there's there's no hate here there's no fear here there's no you know I I have no problem with these people and then they show up and then all the rhetoric kind of gets stripped away and people get scared people get scared and they're there in front of them and it becomes a whole new ball game. Yeah. And I I think you're right, Luke. I think there is a lot that the church can under can learn about how to do life from nerd culture. Because if there's anything we've discovered, at least when we're doing it right, every every culture has their trolls, every culture oh, has sure. has their, you know, their guys who give the rest of us a bad name. But I think as a whole, we all realized that we all got kicked out of something. We were all right. we were all that that dork. We were all that geek. We were all that doofus in school who got picked on and who kind of got left by the side. Kind of kind of been made to feel like we don't belong anywhere and we we're really not good to anyone. And and that's why we kind of band together. We we say, all right, you know, maybe they don't want us, but I don't care. We're all here together, and when we'll be something, we'll do something awesome. And you know, the church can learn a lot from that. 
the church can can learn so much from just the ability to literally be and 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 I'm going to use some interesting words here because I I don't want to go off onto another on a huge tangent which could would be an episode unto itself but I do think the church needs to be a little bit more accepting of people where they are now there's a lot of people who will probably comment and will probably be up in arms about the fact that I said oh Mike says we need to accept everybody and even if if it goes against God listen I'm the first one to tell you Anything that takes you away from God is not something you need to be a part of. I'm the first person to say that holiness is a very real thing. We are called to, to not just exist and, and kind of flitter back and forth between one thing or another, regardless of what God says about it. I'm not saying that at all. What I'm saying is, is that people don't have the, uh, the opportunity to hear the gospel unless you go out and share it with them. And if you're so busy looking down your nose at them for what they do or what they don't do, that you don't actually make that real connection with them, that takes it, from, takes it away from preaching at them and brings it into the speaking to them, you're doing a disservice to what Jesus himself did. You are, are stepping far away from what, what Christ himself did while he was here, because Christ stepped into the lives of the most hated people around. And he didn't do it like, okay, you can come hang out with me and have dinner with me. You prostitute, you can have, you can have dinner with me so long as you never, never sleep with another man for money. But only if you do that. I won't hang out with you unless you've done that. Tax collector, I'm. You need to promise me before we go hang out over here, and before I tell you about, you know, my my father in heaven. I need you to promise me you're not going to swindle anybody ever. Yeah, it, it it. Until you promise me, I'm not going to say anything else about that other stuff. I, you know, he didn't do that. He he talked with them first, and he made that connection, and then he he shared with them the truth of of the gospel and his life and what he was doing there. He shared with them the cross, and he shared with them the resurrection. And I think a lot of times we get so worried about holiness that we forget about the means in which any of us have any right to claim holiness, because it's not us. You know what, Mike? You know what makes me happy? What's that? Somehow, I don't know how it happened. I didn't intend for it to happen. I don't think you intended for it to happen, but somehow God has been very gracious to us, and he's let you and I have this weird time every couple of weeks where you and I get to be the ones who welcome all of our fellow freaks and geeks and say, you know what, we can worship together. Absolutely. And, I, I mean, that's awesome. You know, hey, we all have our places and our churches and in our lives, and and, you know, but we've gotten this cool opportunity to connect with people that are like us, you know, even if they're like us undercover, which sometimes I am, you know, and, uh, you know, I, I, I think it's so cool. And it's like every week, man, you're emailing me something, you're posting something on the Facebook page. We're finding more of us, man. Oh, we're finding more of us. We definitely have to. I, I'm I'm really excited about this because this this happened kind of out of nowhere. Luke and I were not fishing for this. You know, we've we've spent episode after episode after episode saying we're all about building together this community of, of geek Christians. We know we're out there. We know we can't be the only ones. We're going to be just put out. You know, the the voice of Rebel Radio and just say we're going to just keep broadcasting. And see what what happens. And oh my goodness, has stuff come back to us, dude? Stuff happens. Um, not only we have keep we running into people. Not only have we had the stuff that we've actually gone out and find out with our inter our interviews with like the Geek Preacher and Game Church and uh, T and Pip and all these wonderful people that we've had on interview episodes, but we've actually had a couple people stumble on our on our podcast and our Facebook page, um, particularly. 
I'm going to put a shout out to my my man, Ben Avery, who I, I want to talk to this man because he seems like he's definitely a gung-ho dude and, and I'm supporting of that completely. But Ben emailed me. He, he's shown up on our Facebook page a number of times making comments. And it turns out that he also does a podcast. Um, he is part of the crew over at Strangers and Aliens, which I, you know, Luke and I were talking. We, we love that name. The, they win. We're kind, we're kind of jealous that we didn't think about that yeah, first. I totally am. Uh, that's, it's just a phenomenal name. And we're actually, I, I don't want to put too much out. We're eventually going to have like promo stuff. And some things like that. But we just kind of want to tease you right now. But we, we kind of want to get this out there because we want to support the idea of, of community of Christian geeks. And so we found out about these podcasts. Uh, sadly, Luke and I have, as we've shared at the beginning of this episode, we've been very busy. And so we haven't had a lot of time to listen to these guys. But from what I've seen and from, the, from what I've seen on their web pages... Uh, we're, we're going to link all of these on the, the actual, on our webpage. We're going to have links to all these guys so you can check them out at, at your leisure as well. But we definitely want to put out the, these shout outs for these guys, uh, strangers and aliens. There's the sci-fi Christians, uh, geekually low. Yeah. I can never say this. I, you know, guys, it's I, not easy to say guys. I love you, but your podcast is a tongue twister. Geekually yoked. It's uh, actually a married Christian geek podcast, which we thought we were niche. These guys are <laughs> awesome. But yeah. Uh, are you just watching, which is like a review podcast. I think they said, um, geek, this podcast, the story, men, faith, hope, and nerds, which is another one. You guys are awesome with that name. I'm a big fan of that one. Um, we're going to have links to all these guys and you're definitely going to be hearing more stuff as we kind of rally together, this community of, of, Christian geek podcasting. And we definitely think that there's something awesome here. Definitely check these guys out and support the community. Be a part of it. Go on their Facebook pages. If they have them and like them go on whatever on their, on iTunes and all the other stuff, give good reviews. It's really important to us that we make it easy for other people to find the, the like, Luke, you were just saying, you know, we, this kind of hopped into our laps. We didn't know these guys were out there. And for, from what I've gathered, they didn't know we were out here either. And so we want to make sure that this kind of stuff becomes more and more available to the community. And that happens when we get out there and start shouting from the rooftops that we're here and, you know, getting that message out to people. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm excited. You know, it really does seem to me like God's moving and that, you know, there there is this community of people. We may not know each other really well yet, but we're starting to. We're starting to connect our geekiness and our godliness, and that's exciting to me. No, I really, I really think there's a lot of opportunity for for God to do something really awesome. Because if there's if there's anything that will be a force of change and awesome and just spectacular energy, if you rally a bunch of nerds, yeah, I'm gonna. We do have we do have a lot of. Uh, I'm gonna power. I'm gonna point you to the Veronica Mars Kickstarter. When nerds get excited, craziness happens. <laughs> All right. Well, how can the uh, the nerds who are listening get excited about you? Uh, I have pretty much shrunk my my uh, internet presence. Uh, I am effectively just Game Store Profits right now. Uh, like we kind of hinted at, there's going to be mutterings and and secret schemings about you know things in the future, but that's those are long term plans. Uh, right now, the big thing is if you go to our Facebook page, uh, facebook.com slash game store profits, the vast majority of what you find there is posted by me. And if you email us at game store profits at gmail.com, I get those as well. And I respond to them. I try to be pretty good about responding too. So if you email us, you'll probably get something back from, with, from me within, within a couple days. I, I am busy, so I don't always get an immediate turnaround. But I try to answer within a couple days. Uh, Luke, what about yourself? 
you can find me uh, at my website, it's LukeNavarro.com, uh, L-U-K-E-N-A-V-A-R-R-O. Uh, I do have some, I do have some plans coming. My life has gotten very, very uh, complex. We're going to call it complex. I think it's a good uh, word. It's right, a solid word. Right now. And, uh, but it's an exciting thing. It's, it's one of those, like, too much cool for the day. Ah. You know, too much cool, too little hours. Um, but you're going to be seeing more from me uh, in the intermediate future. I'm not going to say in the near future, but in the intermediate future, you'll be seeing more from Mid- me. But you can definitely uh, find me at LukeNavarro.com. Luke, we are teasing our audience, man. Everything's like within the next couple months or in the future or yeah, at you know, some and- point you're going to see something. Well, and you guys just have to trust, you know, remember for us, this is, this is a labor of love and we have lots of other labors that maybe aren't as lovely, aren't as lovely. <laughs> uh, that we have to do uh, on, on any given day, but we are, we are working on it and we are excited by the responses that you've given to us and you're encouraging us just to keep on going and keep on going and keep building this thing. Uh, one of the best ways you can do that is go to iTunes. Let everybody there know we're amazing. And and Stitcher uh, as well. Don't forget Stitcher. Go to Stitcher. Stitcher. Let everybody there know we're amazing. Go to your water cooler at work and let everybody there know we're amazing. Uh, spray paint that big brick wall next to the freeway. <laughs> let everybody know. <laughs> Go up to the amazing. water tower. and <laughs> uh, You know, uh, all of those things. Uh, certainly spread the word at your game store. Spread the word at your church. Uh, amongst your youth ministries, uh, let let the freaks and geeks in your life know that we are here, and uh, that would be greatly appreciated. And, uh, and as always, remember that God is the game master, and no matter how the dice fall, the game plays on.